0: Welcome in. I believe this is episode number five of the Sports Buzz podcast. And we hope that wherever you are, whatever you're doing, you're enjoying this special edition of the Sports Buzz podcast. Because it ain't carpool karaoke, but it's the ride home, ride along. As we get you set for the Sweet 16 of the NCAA Tournament, and assorted other things. I don't know about you all, but lots of times when I'm able to take a drive and I'm in my car and I might be listening to the radio or trying to go over the day in my mind and then all of a sudden, guess what? You start talking back and forth to devices and things that can't hear you back. And so I thought, okay, well, let's just do this. And kind of give you some random thoughts on some things that have been happening this week. We call this a Sports Buzz podcast, and it's a service of WKYT TV. We hope that you will uh, uh, subscribe on iTunes or Audio Boom, wherever it is that you get podcasts, and that you not only partake of this one, but of all the other great podcasts that we've got from our folks who do this all over WKYT. Okay, so first and foremost, whoa. See, this is what happens when you do a podcast like this is you invariably get somebody who's not going the speed limit, but that's okay. It just gives us more time to visit with each other. So let's go ahead and talk about the NCAA tournament. The Killers of the Cats don't play until 10 o'clock on Friday and that will come your way on TBS. And then if they make it to the regional final in the Midwest, it'll be on WKYT on Sunday. Uh, the two regional finals on Sunday are in the uh, 2.30 and 5 o'clock window. And then, of course, all the action of the Final Four in the NCAA championship game right here on your home of the Cats at the NCAA tournament, WKYT. So let's go ahead and talk P.J. Washington first. And, I mean, I've been around here, boys and girls, when we get to the end of April, I believe yeah, it'll be it'll either be 37 or 38 years. I think it's 38 I can't count anymore. Maybe it's 37. Anyway, it's a long time and I've seen a lot of stuff, have seen a lot of injuries, have seen a lot of injury watches, have seen a lot of uh, stakeouts about whether or not coaches are going to go. I'll tell you one of the strangest that I ever saw. It didn't involve an injury, but it involved a player. In the early 80s, there was an assistant coach here for Joe B. Hall named Jim Hatfield who had gone over and spent a bunch of money, first time they'd recruited a foreign player, spent a bunch of money in terms of airfare and expenses and things like that, recruiting a kid named Gunther Behnke, who was a big time player over in Germany. And I remember he actually came here to go to school. Not on a visit, came here to go to school. It was in August, right when school was getting ready to start. Gunther Behnke flies in to Lexington on a Friday night I'd go and meet him at the airport, and get an interview. And then i get a call over the weekend and I went to the airport on Sunday afternoon to get an interview with Gunther Benke, who had made the decision that he had made a huge mistake and he was too far away from home and he left. He was here for a total of Friday night, Saturday night, Sunday afternoon before he left. So we've seen all kinds of stuff here. But this PJ Washington thing is one of those deals kind of unlike anything that, that I have ever seen. And you know what, I think what the deal is, is in this day and age, you know, because of um, uh, because of the internet, because of social media, because of things like that, we have grown accustomed uh, to actually getting things instantaneously. And there's no information that we can't get via Google or checking somebody else's account or Nobody has a news conference anymore. Everybody always announces on social media. And so the whole thing with PJ Washington's injury has been a bit of a mystery. It's been a bit of a mystery because there's not much information coming out about it. And it's been a bit of a mystery uh, because of the type of injury it is. And so I guess the best thing I could say to you is we still don't know exactly what it is. And remember we went through this last year. We, st- we, we know that Jared Vanderbilt had a foot injury of some type, but we don't know what it was or what the prognosis was, whether he was on schedule or had a setback or anything like that. We just don't know. Uh, the other thing is, you know, it's the kind of injury. And so as best I can ascertain, P.J. Washington, he said, of course, to the CBS television sideline person, that he heard a pop with two minutes to go in the Tennessee game, started swelling up the next night after they were over at Cal's house for the selection show, and then things just went south after that. So there is a, a Dr. Anderson in Wisconsin, in Green Bay, who is the specialist now. He is the go-to guy in athletics if you have a foot or ankle injury. He used to be one of the team docs with the Carolina Panthers, and he got hooked up with some folks from Michigan. And his, uh, uh, his office, his center, uh, the place where he does all his work, is literally set up right next to Lambeau Field in Green Bay. And former Packers coach Mike McCarthy uh, called him uh, the absolute best of the business when it comes to ankle and foot injuries. So Cal's saying last week he thinks P.J. will play. P.J. comes back from seeing Dr. Anderson and his foot is in a cast and he's on the wheelie thing. Stays that way over the weekend and then Cal says on his radio show Monday night I believe he's going to get the cast off uh, tomorrow or it was Tuesday night rather Tuesday night. said I think he's going to get a cast off tomorrow and we'll see where he goes. So we get word that in fact P.J. had gone back up to see Dr. Anderson yesterday and that the imaging has all come back negative in terms of fractures, MRIs, things like that. And they made the decision to take the cast off, but we didn't know if the cast was off for good. We didn't know if they put another cast back on, back in a walking boot, what it was. So we report that late on Wednesday morning. And then a little afternoon, PJ puts out this video on Twitter of him walking around without the boot. And everybody goes crazy. And then Cal's on Jim Rome's national radio show a little bit after that. And he says, yeah, he got got out of the cast, but he didn't practice today. And then about 2.45, 3 o'clock, when they got on the bus to go to the airport, fly to Kansas City, he's in a walking boot, but he's walking really well. So the best I can give you is it's been kind of described as a midfoot injury, like my boy Chris Bailey said, people up in the mountains uh, might call it a stone bruise from the effect of it. That's certainly not a technical diagnosis, but it's like, you got this bruise and it just hurts like heck when you walk on it. And so that's what they've been trying to get his weight off of it. And see what he can do or what he can't do. And guys, I'm going to tell you we may not know. Until tip off time and we may not know until they run him out there in a the court and he sees whether he can go or not. But but I want to tell you this. There's been there's some really great Kentucky fans and there's some people out there that kind of lose their minds and then there are people that. Want to act like they're Kentucky fans and they're really not. But some of the stuff on social media this week and everything, questioning whether the kid or his parents are shutting it down, whether somebody's trying to protect him for the NBA, I I don't care what you got in front of you. I mean, competitors want to compete. I mean, look at Big Zion. If anybody had ever shut it down, Big Zion would be the guy, right? But Big Zion, he went out and played. And P.J. wants to play as much as anybody as well. And so we just won't know. So they'll have to be ready to go against the Houston team that's really good. It's a Great story, you know, they were unbeaten for most of the year, uh, but, but you know what? They're no juggernauts. I believe Cincinnati knocked them off by about what, 20 or something in the conference tournament championship game. So we'll have to see what happens. And no matter what happens, I, I just hope that people can look at this absolutely as objectively as they possibly can because I think it's going to be very tough on a kid. If he doesn't play, people will be mad. If he plays and doesn't play well, people will say he wasn't healthy and he shouldn't have played. And I just hope folks can just rally around these guys. And that's what I'm hoping. A couple of other things that I want to talk about. You know, Calipari talks about the Kentucky effect. Well, I think the Kentucky effect managed to get the rest of the SEC involved in the arms race in college basketball. And so you see eight SEC teams in the NCAA tournament so far, you know what, you still got four of them that are still going at it in the Sweet 16. And so what happened this same week, the teams that weren't getting it done they all decided that they needed to make a change. Billy Kennedy at Texas A&M. Many of you may remember, many of you don't. That he was uh, the head coach at Murray State before he went there and, and then came down with Parkinson's and fought it valiantly, and got himself back and probably had his best team a couple of years ago when he had uh, uh, just, a, uh, uh, just a great, great staff. Um, uh, Kyle was one of his assistants, gosh, I can't think, I can see Kyle standing right in front of me, but I can't think of his last name, he's the guy at Stephen F. Austin, and of course, uh, Rick Stansberry was with him, uh, who's now at Western Kentucky and who's battled through some health issues of his own uh, this season, And, and just a lot of guys that were able to bring in talent, but ultimately, he wasn't able to get it done on a regular basis, and he's gone. Avery Johnson out at Alabama. Remember when Avery Johnson came in and he was ballyhooed as a great, great hire and certainly a basketball mind guy that had NBA success as a player and as a coach. And I I don't want to get into it here, but I just heard some stories over the weekend about some things that had happened uh, in the uh, last season and in the offseason. And it became pretty apparent that that Greg Byrne had to make a move. Many of you may not remember that Greg Byrne, the athletics director at Alabama, uh, was an original member of Mitch Barnhart's staff here at Kentucky. Um, And Patino's name and some others started floating around Alabama. And I did a couple radio interviews. I said, Greg Byrne used to live around the corner from me in Lexington. That ain't the way he's going to go. And so then he goes ahead and goes with the Oates guy from uh, Buffalo, who's done such a great job with them. And they go ahead and they immediately get a hire. Uh, Bryce drew at at Vanderbilt. Uh, This was his third season. He was hired by the athletics director and chancellor David Williams, who retired back in December and then tragically passed away. um, Collapsed having breakfast with some friends in a Nashville restaurant, not more than two weeks after he'd retired. And so even though they were winless in the SEC this year for the first time in forever, uh, I thought he'd get another season, but he didn't. And so that's a job. Uh, that's open. And, uh, and then, of course, there was Mike Anderson at uh, Arkansas. And Mike, of course, had been Nolan Richardson's top assistant when they were last really good and had 40 minutes of hell. He had come back from Missouri and just never had the success that people thought he would have. He had good teams, but he never had great teams. And and it's really interesting as you look at Arkansas and Alabama and and the way those two programs are woven together, uh, and and the one common thread is our friend from Leslie County, former unforgettable John Leslie Pelfrey. Pell, of course, uh, was the guy who was the head coach, had some guys with some off-court problems and was really close to getting it put together at Arkansas and just never could do it. And the Arkansas fan base never really came together after Nolan Richardson was let go. And if you remember, Nolan was let go, uh, and then Dana Altman, the guy who's the uh, head coach out at Oregon, was hired as the Arkansas coach, accepted the job for about a day and a half, turned it down, and that's when they went with Pell. And so he was fired and uh, um, you know, then started getting back into coaching, uh, and hooked on, uh, after a year in a broadcast booth with, uh, with Avery at Alabama. And now he's the guy who is, um, uh, who is the, uh, interim head coach down at Alabama. At least he was until Coach Oates was hired. It'd be interesting to see what he does with John because, uh, a lot of the information I'm getting is, is Pell along with former Alabama star Antoine Pettway, who was on staff down there. They were the guys that held it together the last couple of years. And so it'll be interesting to see what happens with them. And then I guess one more thing that I want to bring up on uh, this edition of the Sports Buzz podcast and by the way, you can, you can get me on Twitter or any of the social media platforms. Uh, you can get me on email. It's daveb at wkyt.com. And you can, uh, you can hit me up and let me know what it is you'd like us to talk about, who it is you'd like us to talk to, what exactly is you, you want to do and want to hear about. But this whole Michael Avenatti thing this week. And. And I haven't gotten into this uh, a lot, and there will be some times here on this podcast that we will get into some things besides sports. But Avenatti, as you knew, he had a bad week. He'd come out with a tweet, I believe it was on it was either Monday or Tuesday, and said, "Tomorrow at eleven a.m., we're going to have a we're going to have a news conference, which is going to blow the lid off of." Uh, college basketball recruiting and illegal payments and Nike involving some of the top schools. And of course, Nike uh, has exclusive contracts with the likes of obviously like Oregon, but Duke, North Carolina and Kentucky. And so it wasn't but about 30 minutes after he tweeted that out that Avidotti was indicted not just once but twice, once on each coast um i forget exactly what it was out on the west coast uh oh i think it was he he allegedly embezzled like a million bucks from one client but on the east coast it was the famed southern district of new york that that said he was just basically shaking nike down and they had him on a wiretap uh threatening uh, to put all this information out there ahead of nike's earnings call and ahead of the NCAA tournament, which is a maximum time for them, uh, with the uh, uh, with the intent of doing as much harm to him as he could. Now, listen, this guy is the guy that was going to take down President Trump with the uh, female entertainer Stormy Daniels, and she fired him, and she said, "I'm not surprised at all." So, when you're Let me see if I can just put it this way. When you are representing a dancer, an adult entertainer, who has got a beef with the sitting president of the United States, and the adult entertainer ends your contract as her attorney, that ought to tell you something right there. He was the guy that tried to get in late during the Brett Kavanaugh Supreme Court uh, justice nomination process. With a gal that he claimed uh, that Kavanaugh, as a college student, had spiked punch and tried to make all sorts of nefarious things happen, and then uh, when questioned uh, by members of, of the committee, this lady said, "No, that I I don't I don't remember him doing that." So Avenatti is like bankrupt. He's got all kinds of actions against him and everything, and and so he does not present the most credible person when it comes to talking about problems in college basketball. With that being said, though, I don't think anybody, when all this stuff came out, the first raids and the trials and all that sort of stuff, of course, it was, it was Adidas. And one of the guys was a guy named Merle Code. Uh, who was getting money to Jim Gatto of Adidas and setting up deals. Merle Code actually started out working for Nike. And so anybody in college basketball, if your school was a Nike school, you weren't doing a touchdown dance because Adidas got pinched. What you were doing is you were saying, oh, if this happened to them, this could happen to my team, whoever that team could be. So as as much of an irreputable guy as Avenatti is, we have to see what the evidence he has is that supposedly came from an AAU coach who was let go by Nike. You're basically scorned employee. and so. We'll see how that plays out. But the thing we're most interested in this weekend is seeing if the Cats, with or without P.J. Washington, can get through Kansas City and get their way back to a Final Four. I I just think it's just been one of those years where, again, expectations are so high, and, well, they should be. Nobody's saying anybody is off the charts. But for this team to have done what they've done after the opener against Duke to then put it together again after they lose the conference opener against Alabama to be rolling along and then to lose Reed Travis and then to get him back and to lose P.J. Washington and win a game like they won against a really good Wofford team you just hope that they can get it done Hey, one other thing I wanna make sure you're aware of. Whether cats are in the Final Four, and I know a lot of you headed out to spring break and all that stuff. Next Thursday, opening day at Keeneland. And I talk about it all the time. If you have not been out to that track, whether you know anything about horses, whether you think you're the greatest handicapper in the world, you owe it to yourself to get out to Keeneland, to experience an afternoon, to go out there on a Saturday morning for breakfast with the works, whether you're looking for the proverbial thrill of victory or whether you're looking to relax on a sunsplash day uh, with a cold drink, great conversation, wonderful food and atmosphere. Guys, I'm telling you, I know a lot of you haven't been out there. I know some of you have been going for decades, but some of you had never experienced it. And I would just encourage you, as much as I possibly can, get out there and do it. And just kind of unwind and get away without having to leave your backyard. Again, you can get me, Dave B at WKYT.com, or you can get us on all of our social media platforms. Let me know what you think of this podcast, what it is that you want to hear, who it is that you'd like me to talk to, and what kind of subjects you'd like us to cover. And by golly, you know what we'll do? We'll do our best to make sure that happens. And as always, as my friend Rex Chapman reminds me, To each and every one of you, no matter what it is that you do in your life, get out there and be the hammer and not the nail. We'll see you next time, everybody.